You're listening to the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall, where we talk with successful business owners to hear the stories of their journeys in building their successful businesses. And more importantly, we recognize the folks who help them excel because we know that achieving business success is not something we can do on our own. Hello, everyone. This is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. My guest was an adjunct professor at Anderson for over a decade after completing his MBA. In his downtime, he enjoys reading nonfiction that focuses on financial history and education, and he's most proud of his Christian faith and the ability that he has to help the underserved. We're going to have him tell us a little bit more about that here in a minute. It's my pleasure to welcome August to the show today. Hello, August. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you. Well, hey, let's jump in and uh, start with having you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born and live and about your family and uh, some of those hobbies. Well, I am a uh, born Hoosier, so I'm from Indiana. I'm originally uh, from northern India, up, up by Chicago, about 45 minutes south of South Bend or Notre Dame. Grew up a Notre Dame fan, grew up a Chicago Cubs fan, uh, just pretty pretty much up in the region there. Went to school at Ball State, did my undergraduate uh, uh, university that David Letterman made famous, and then <laughs> master's from uh, Anderson University, and they're associated with the Church of God, but after I got my master's, I taught in the MBA program for, uh, like you mentioned, over a decade in the business development, business formation, uh, marketing management, and then uh, been married 39 years. I have three kids exactly. in their 30s, and I am not 60 yet, so uh, started young. <laughs> well, congratulations. 39 years. That's impressive. Yeah. And, and I cut you off. Did you say three kids? I have three children. Yeah, two boys and a girl. Fantastic. And what's your wife's name? My wife's name's uh, Kathy. Kathy, wonderful. Is there a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today? You know, uh, humor is a weird thing. And and for uh, my, you got to remember, my kids are in their 30s. And I can remember when uh, when they were younger that I would not watch I Love Lucy. Hmm. And, you know, it depends on if you like scary movies or if you like uh sarcasm type shows which we have quite a few of those today but uh i could not stand to watch the comedy <laughs> of trouble i i just you know anything that's predictable trouble i just wanted to avoid there and uh but uh i get a lot of razzing about not being able to watch I Love Lucy. <laughs> that's awesome yeah august tell us how the business come about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business so I have uh, been a professional employee my entire career, and and my I, I actually my siblings and my my family are uh, self employed, and and my dad was in business for forty two years. But um, I I chose the path of professional management or professional employee, and so I worked for technology companies my entire career. My last stint was with a um, a state network which was funded by about twenty telephone companies here in Indiana. And uh, I, I could retire at 55. And, and for those in the telecom industry, I'm an NTCA pensioner. And I said, you know what? I'm going to read for eight hours a day and I'm going to enjoy next phase. My kids are off <laughs> the payroll and 
And, uh, and what I found is I couldn't do that. I, I could only read about four hours a day. <laughs> and and uh, some, some of those, uh, some of those uh, companies I worked for came back and said, hey, would you do some projects for us? So it started small. And then over the course of 12 months, I actually had uh, six or seven uh, companies. And uh, we, we can talk a little bit about telecom, but uh, telecom's going through a tremendous amount of expansion in fiber broadband. And so with my academic background and writing business plans, I was writing business plans for bankers and, and uh, people that actually need to document it. So uh, it, it's grew, grew out of that. Fantastic. And so your, you said that your, some of your family members were in business. So did, did they uh, encourage and support you in this new endeavor? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, we, we typically talked about uh, what, what we were doing in our professional careers, but uh, they, they were shocked that I didn't uh, start, start a business earlier. <laughs> and it was mainly because I wanted the balance. Uh, if if uh, I'm probably a very balanced person, uh, I, I have as if I had to uh, say anything, the success of being a parent and being there for my kids was probably bigger than trying to make a buck or, you know, owning a business earlier in life. But uh, it just transitioned to something that grew, uh, it, it organically grew. So, so tell us a little bit more about the company. What's the name? What do you guys do? How do you help folks? So the the name of the company is Mitra Consulting, and the spin is it's my transition. So it's it's Mitra. So <laughs> it's my transition to retirement, and at the same time, the spin is 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 if companies need help with transitioning. Uh, we're very focused on the CEO or senior leadership, so we can help people transition into the next level. So uh, if you're going from a bud to boss or something like that, but what we do is we offer consulting opportunities as a side gig for semi-retired or seasoned people that uh, want make professional rates and they can help company in their domain of uh, expertise. Fantastic. And is it national, international, regional? How, where's your focus? So uh, I actually have been very fortunate that even though I haven't traveled uh, international domestically, I've worked for East Coast, West Coast companies in my in my career. And so this last uh, opportunity uh, worked primarily in the Midwest, and we would work with uh, state networks that were associated with us. But uh, the company actually had a, a financial investment in a national carrier, uh, and they operated in 37 states. So I, I actually had a little bit of exposure to these state networks, and and I actually do uh, state network business formation, where if they're a state that doesn't have a state network, uh, like New Mexico, we can we can actually help do a little bit of formation there and, and help the the phone companies get organized, but. Uh, uh, a, little, a little bit more on uh, what we do is we do uh, strategic planning, we do uh, business development, we do leadership development, we do change management. But what's nice about this is uh, we, we have a little to no risk because we are uh, semi-retired. I do have uh, our president is actually a full-time employee today that's working as a day job. But most of us want to work 20, 30 hours, but we still want to be very focused in, in what our what our uh, offering is to the, the to the uh, clients. Yeah. And is there a certain type of of client or um, size of company that is ideal for you? Yeah, we're, uh, you know, I, I don't want to uh, limit us, but uh, we've written business plans where we went after a hundred million dollar grant, but most of the organizations have assets of less than uh, 75 million. 
-hmm. So uh, we'll work with anybody that can afford us, first of all, but sure. uh, but primarily we're in this small, medium business and we'll work with uh, either entrepreneurs that need some help or we'll work with uh, a small business. We, we specialize in both for-profit, not-for-profit. So there's a lot of co-op ownership in the utility and uh, telecommunications area. So we got organizational experience in that as well. Fantastic. So for everyone listening, make sure to check out the company and the link in the description and uh, visit their LinkedIn and tell them that you saw their interview. So August, share a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you didn't think that you could and the impact that that person had on you. Yeah. So, um, you know what, I, I would say as a, as a professional employee, I was, I was not a big risk taker. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not a bet the farm. So uh, I, I'm a big believer that timing is everything. So you got to make sure that that you take that right step. But uh, uh, I th I think that there was a uh, a, a couple people. It's it's hard to hard to the the really uh, say one or two. But uh, the previous CEO of IFN he came in uh, from a very large organization. His name's Jim Turner. And uh, I learned a lot of, of uh, large corporate type things from him. And uh, when I told him I was going to do uh, retirement, uh, he sort of told me, he goes, I wonder how long that's going to last. And so <laughs> so I, I think over the time of talking with him, he's been very encouraging. Uh, there's other other people, but I, I can remember uh, when I told him I was going to semi-retire, I know that there was a little chuckle because <laughs> I, I like to be have things on my plate as well. But uh, sure. one example. <laughs> What's your biggest learning as a business owner? Uh, I, I I sort of think uh, uh, depending on others, I, I think uh, there's a lot of a lot of uh, entrepreneurs or a lot of people that want to get in business that they think they have to be the person that actually does the work. Mm. I think it could be a resource issue. It could be a quality of the work issue, but if you're going to scale your business, you really need to have uh, people around you, uh, people like yourself that can actually coach people to help grow that business. And uh, the, the biggest thing is, is you don't have to go alone. Uh, we set up our company to, uh, we actually have four partners now. So uh, we do not. I, I do not want to have sole ownership. I, I I look for divide and conquer and having equity ownership among a larger group of people. Fantastic. And um, how did you navigate yourself through that in terms of deciding to have a partner versus not a partner? I've heard heard different people we've had on the show talk both ways. So you know, how how did you get to the point of yep, makes sense to have a a business partner or, or in your case four. Yeah, well, in 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 the business consulting world that we do, we don't do any type of heavy lifting like engineering work or anything like that. We but we focus on uh, business formation or expansion. Uh, if there's uh, any type of uh, revenue issues, and, and those are very unique skill sets. So we have a lot of uh, uh, executives that uh, have not been the CEO, but we also have executives that have uh, you know they've been CEOs for uh, decades. Right, so. Uh, that skill set is not something that you can hire. And so part of it is is, is uh, we want to have uh, fair equity for our consultants as well as we want to have fair equity for our partners mm -hmm. and and a very diverse uh, skill sets. Yeah. So uh, I might I might be more of the sales and marketing management side, op sales operations. We have uh, uh, executive uh, mentoring type, bud the boss type things that that, you know, 
I'm not going to be that that person to handle that. Yeah, makes sense. Though, August, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us, um, you know, one of your biggest challenges during the years and maybe a fellow business owner who came alongside you to help you through it. So uh, getting into uh, semi-retirement or retirement and doing something new, I think that's the better term. Uh, I, I think uh, there's uh, a lot of a lot of different uh, people that I can look look to. Uh, I think uh, a gentleman that is actually a partner, his name's Bill Bell, and he was a chemist at Eli Lilly for 30 years, and then he retired. And and, and by the way, he retired before he was 60, and so he took a couple years off. And and uh, it's sort of like, wow, you got somebody that's in pharma and somebody that's in telecommunication. What are you doing starting a consulting business that's focused in telecom? But what we found was there's a lot of regulatory issues that are similar. There's a lot of compliance. And uh, he actually was a great sounding board. So that that partnership relationship yeah. and uh, very fortunate. I, I have people that I've known for uh, you know 30 years that that are now part of not only the ownership structure, but that works with us. So um, it, it's not a, a one man band here at all. So fantastic. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. If I was to ask you to pick three people in your business owner journey that you're most grateful for them being there for the business's growth, who are those people and how they help you? So uh, I'm probably going to say four people because I'm going to include my parents as two, but it's really, you know, it's so sure. uh, my, my dad was self-employed for 42 years. He's, he passed a little bit before COVID and he had a great life. He, he was the type of guy that uh, he was my dad, not my best friend. Right. But he was my dad and he uh, showed me how to operate on a technical level within a business structure. So knowing your business and skill set, my mom actually was the financial arm of that business. So uh -huh. she took care of all the financial structure and that. So you can see the different dynamics that were working uh, as as they partnered in, in their business. And a lot of a lot of people don't get uh, out of business unscathed. Right. So uh, watching them able to grow their business, raise a family. Um, uh, my siblings are, uh, you know, I have uh, a, a sibling is CPA. I have a sibling that's got her master's in education. Uh, I have a sibling that passed early. So that sort of told me I need to retire a little bit and focus on the personal side of life. But uh, very, very well educated. And and I think from a standpoint of, of doing well for you as well as society. So I, I give my parents credit. Uh, the next person is, uh, you know, I want to say my wife. My wife was a hospice nurse before she retired and it's tough to come home talking about business problems when you hear what's going on mm. in people's lives okay so the keeping horizontal perspective about what's going on in your business you you, you know is this going to matter a year from now or, or how how you handle that it's super important and so uh and then the last last gentleman his name's john vess and he's from ifn uh the company i retired from and uh, he he actually helped me qualify business, okay, which sounds like a weird skill, but there's a lot of times when you're in business, you have a lot of chit-chat conversations with people, and if you don't get into a thinking conversation with your prospect or with your customer, you're really not building value. Mm. And he, he would not work on, you know, a lot of these projects that we got into, uh, there it was capital investment. So there was a lot of money that we'd put out in order to build this fiber for, for uh, you know, the cities or towns. In Indiana, we went through 450 cities, uh, towns, rural, rural communities. So 
you know, making sure that the businesses there could afford our services as well as it would build out. But he helped he helped me qualify uh, to make money. I mean, it was very interesting. It's clean money and dirty money. And, and I always tried to focus on uh, clean money. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. A couple of times uh, during this uh, interview, you've talked about balance and and enjoying life. And in the intro, I, I mentioned that one of the things you're proud of is the ability to give back. So tell us a little bit more about what you're doing to help the underserved. So, uh, you know, the underserved, we used to call them indigent, but but now we call it underserved. And and for I'm actually going to age off the board of uh, Jane Pauley Community Health Center. But uh, for about a decade, I've been working uh, on their board and tried to understand uh, how underserved needs health care. So you talk about primary care, behavioral health and dental. Mm-hmm. And if people have uh, an outreach in their community, uh, a federally qualified health center. If you don't have one in your uh, area, you should really check it out. But uh, people that are underserved can go to, the, to these federally qualified health centers and get uh, taken care of from a health perspective. And you know, healthcare—it's—it's—we're um, it, going through a lot of transition. And but I, I think it's—it's it's, uh, Lexis de Tocqueville talked about democracy in America, and he and he talked about uh, health. Health is probably going to be something that uh, you can't have democracy without a, a quality of condition. And that's that's the health service area. So uh, being on the board, I, I saw a lot of uh, stories every month of where we made an impact. And uh, I think I was aware that I, I couldn't do the hands-on within within some of these uh, outreach, but I could definitely serve and, and be a sounding board uh, from a business perspective, as well as uh, supporting the, the, the mission. Uh, uh, the second one is, is uh, when I when I get done, uh, and it was probably a transition about. Um, I'm really uh, big on education, so we have a lot of uh, question whether or not people should get a formal education. Mm. But uh, classic education is sort of transitioning, so uh, I don't necessarily uh, see it going away. But um, I, I was an adjunct professor at at Anderson University, and then uh, I'm a a board uh, on the uh, technologies. Uh, advisory board for the School of Business and IT at uh, Purdue University Global. So I've uh, been doing that for a few years. And and here again, uh, some of this is not heavy lifting, but it's it's really interesting to see the type of education that people can get online or virtual in today's world. So, yeah. So as it kind of segues into the, you know, the next three to five years, now, what do you see? The world's changing uh, significantly. What do you see as the biggest challenge that you're going to face in reaching your goals? And who are the types of people you're going to need to solve those? So, uh, Tim, I, I think what you are offering people is a high-valued service. So a lot of times people can't get out of their own thoughts. Mm. So as a business owner, we, we really need to be able to uh, associate, affiliate with people that can help us elevate our game. So uh, I think... Uh, as people, uh, in, in, if I go to my business, as people retire, especially if they're uh, they have a unique skill set, either operations or uh, accounting or, or any type of marketing management, uh, there are the opportunities to do consulting work, and you don't have to get lower wage pay. Mm. So how that gets affiliated or associated into the marketplace, um, we're we're still sort of small. We only have thirteen consultants. 
but I, I think that what you're going to see is people, uh, they're going to start wanting the work. It's not a financial issue as much as they want to have high value. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's really about doing high value impact type activity. So, um, how you assimilate to that, um, I think, uh, it's it's here again it's it's about changing if you need to adjust you need as a business owner you need to say hey i really do need help and i and i call uh your type of work is pulling people into the boat <laughs> you know, their heads a little bit or they have motivational issues or they question whether what they're doing and and they need to have people that can uh, actually help them do action right so uh we're we're uh i don't want to say we're unique but we're in a very small niche okay mm -hmm. so yeah. i don't do a whole lot of marketing we don't brand with our clients but uh uh it's it's also nice because we're not this is not uh the people that that i work with it's not their career it's their next phase of life yeah and that's good and bad. But uh i think uh from a technology perspective what ai is going to impact uh, the business environment and some of the tools that are uh, that are I consider uh, a lot of the software tools free today, mm. uh, and and companies are not using these free tools because they're free. You know, there's a mentality <laughs> that if it's free, I don't want to use it because I'm the product, and and I don't think that's quite right. But uh, the, as far as for us, the challenges the next three years is actually just finding uh, reliable, uh, skilled. Uh, I don't even want to say retired, semi-retired or people who want to do something new mm -hmm. that, that want to monetize their, their, their focus. Uh, the federal government has a $42 billion grant program coming out in the next, it's, it's announced, but it's going to take another couple of years before the funds get fully developed. But in rural America, uh, as we get more fiber broadband, the, the, uh, the education and the skills that these workers are going to need and the mentoring and the coaching, I, I think there's an opportunity there as well for us. So um, it's a balance, you know, the balance life perspective. Yeah. yeah. I really like what you, you guys are, you said it a couple of times with the idea of as people are, are, you know, getting closer to considering retirement, they can still have a high value um, position where they can make a difference in the world or in a company and get paid, you know, fairly for it so the things you're doing is it does sound pretty unique and different in terms of you know allowing folks who you know are later in their years that want to still add value and have a, a meaningful career but maybe only want to work 20 hours instead of 50 hours a week yeah we we have uh consultants that only want to do five hours a month mm. So, you know, our structure is such where if we find a, uh, you know, a match between a, a client and a consultant, they might only talk to them, uh, you know, 30 minutes every other week. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, on the, on the consultant side, it's nice because there's not a lot of homework. Mm -hmm. Right. So they can listen. And, and a lot of times it's uh, been there, done that type, uh, you know, sure. where talking regulatory issues, these consultants have regulatory experience that talking decades. And then if it's uh People, personnel, uh, a lot of CEOs, a lot of executives need confidential. Uh, they don't need a friend. They need somebody that they can uh, get a, a spin on what, what they should do next. And that's what we try to offer. Uh, we're, we're very focused on business formation and uh, expansion within the uh, telecom and utility, renewable energy and those types of things, and then technology. But uh, technology uh, tends to be younger people. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, you know, we, we have some, uh, clients in the, in that space, but, 
they're, they're still not listening to uh, se senior uh, seasoned consultants. So that's a unique space, but uh, you know, we, we hope to expand in that area as well. Fantastic. Well, last question here, August. Jim Rohn, an incredible business guru, one of his quotes is, we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you reflect on that quote, what advice would you have for business owners who think that they need to do it on their own and, and aren't aren't willing or, or don't believe that uh, people will help them if they ask? So uh, I, I think it comes back to, uh, you know, as as much as people think they're relevant, uh, they have to chase things a lot of the time. So uh, if they think that they can go growing a business on their own, uh, I think you need to look at how how successful you've been the last 12 months, 24 months. Uh, I've been very fortunate because uh, I'm the third son of my generate my my family, so I never had to look outside. <laughs> I, yeah, I could look at my older brother and say, "I'm not going to do that." <laughs> I, I think uh, Tim, not to plug you, but as an action coach, uh, people that need your service uh, may it, it's possible that uh, you know you find them that it's sort of like, "Oh, they should have called me six months ago, twelve mm -hmm. months ago." Yeah. So uh, I'd really encourage people to to discover your services earlier rather than later, because in the business cycle, if you're you know if you're trying to save it, it's mm. maybe too late, yeah. and then you might need to start a little earlier on some of the actions where you thought you knew, but maybe you don't. Uh, hubris, hubris, if I'm saying the word right, you know, is is a tough term because people are very confident about their ability. Mm. Uh, what I find is is People don't want to know how much money I have or how successful I've been. They want us to focus in on them. And that's what we do as a consultant. And I'm sure that that's, that's what you're doing as well, you know, and, and it's sort of like, hey, I'm here to help you, but you at least got to give me a, a chance. And selling the intangible is very tough. Indeed. Yeah. So, I, uh, I've yeah. also heard folks talk about, you know, their reluctance to to just ask other business owners, right? And so, you know, go to a networking event or ask somebody for a cup of coffee. Um, what's been your experience with that as you've reached out to others and, you know, just to ask for their opinion or give the five minutes or a cup of coffee to share thoughts? Oh yeah, I I, I would probably say during, during my career, uh, I did that a lot because I wanted disparate information. I wanted uh, the plan for the future. Uh, you know, if I say it as a baseball analogy, uh, you know, you need to run the bases. And a lot of times you don't know what's happening unless you talk to people in the field. Yeah. So having people that you can have a cup of coffee with or anything like that, I, I think it's super important. I, I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but yeah, well, a lot of people are, I've heard them say, well, I don't know, you know, I don't want to bother August. He's really busy. Well, you know, yeah. I'm not going to ask for a cup of coffee. And what are your thoughts on that in terms of, you know, you know, we, we have, uh, uh, Pretty much on our LinkedIn and our website, we actually have a link where you can schedule uh, calls with our consultants. Mm. So, you know, we, we until we got an engagement, we don't really charge for any of that. So if somebody wants to talk to me for, you know, 30 minutes or an hour and have a virtual cup of coffee, I'm all about that. Uh, I think it's something that uh, it, it's it's really tough to know if we identify as people as well as what I can do to help. But but there's a lot of unique stuff that we help clients with that you would be like, oh, that's, you know, you don't need to do that. And then, and it's sort of like, well, it's not getting done. And I'm more than happy to sweep the floor for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> going to charge you for it, but I'm more than happy to help you. But yeah, the virtual coffee, I, I, I'm open to that very much on my site. So 
Fantastic. Well, hey, it um, August, it sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people who have helped you along your journey. If they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them? You know what? I, I, I show gratitude whenever I'm with people. So I, I, I think they know because I'm one of those that uh, if, you know, if I never saw you again, what, what, how would I want you to leave? And uh, I think it's, it's more of uh, if I haven't said that I'm thankful to you, you know, somebody that I've known, but most of the people that I work with, we transcend the work environment. So over the years, and, and I've worked for tech companies. So, you know, telling somebody if they had 15 jobs over the time of your career, they're sort of like, what's up with that? But um, I, I go back to the people that I have met uh, in my first job, and I still stay in touch with them. And and, and that's, that's basically about, you know, you, you got to build uh, the balance in your checkbook with people. And it's not a money, it's a monetary uh uh, thing in the sense that they'll help you uh, with business in that. But I think at the bottom of the day, it's it's truly about caring about others and, and and supporting them as well. Wonderful. August, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much. Oh, Tim, thank you. And, and good luck on your business as well. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the year and finish out strong. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall. Please help spread this movement by liking and subscribing to our show and following us on Facebook and LinkedIn or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. To join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Please pay it forward and be sure to tune in next time to the Self-Made is a Myth podcast.